We didn't get any fresco tonight. Ruchim Aboyim B'Shem Hashem Berach Nuchem Beves Hashem Tonight's year is dedicated to the Nishmas to the Yitzchak Ben Marachai. <laughs> That's sadistic. A nice cold bottle of fresco, right? Very nice. Okay. Um, Yardzites are very, very intriguing dates always. Speaking of dates, today was Yudgimel Sivan, the wedding date of the parents of the Rebbe. This week is Shabbos Pashas Baha Aloyzcho. <coughs> and we look to touch, there's a full box there. Said the bottom box is full. Um, we look forward to touching all these subjects, Miyat Hashem, this evening, Abali and Lutema. Pashas Baha Aloyzcho, a very full Pasha. Very rich Pasha, of course. The famous addition to Teda, with Baha'u'llah being by Hebrew Seha Orain, when the Jews traveled, how they traveled, <coughs> how they traveled. Like to shout out to Fuhr Shalemis, of course, to Tamara Bas Ita. And here, Chavid Michla. Chavid Michla. What's her name? Chavid Michla. Chavid is named the Erid. Chavid, no, Yehud is a daughter. Okay, we'll soon get the name to it. So if we're talking, we're shouting out to the food, to the food. Yechavid Michla Breindel Ben Esther Bas Esterhan shouldn't have all the food. Shalemis and anyone else, but they clearly Israel. Yeah, we talk about the food. We of course have to talk about a doctor. Pick up cold water, please. Ronan, of course, used to volunteer my manis until he got a real job. Um, Rabbi Shalom Leverton in New Jersey went like any other good Chabad Shliach soliciting before Shvuas or inviting before Shvuas congregants to come into Davin. Thank you. Baruch Atah, you know that I'm going to go to One of his congregants that he came to invite was a doctor. And the doctor said, Rabbi, let's be real. Shavuos, not Shavuos, holiday, not holiday, it's the middle of the week, middle of the work week, I have 
a clinic to run. I can't just pick myself up and come to shul. Well, Rabbi Levitin hadn't is a groomed chassid and groomed um, rabbi. He tried to throw all the punches and nothing worked. And unlike from what I know him, he gave up uncharacteristically. Well, lo and behold, Shavuot's morning, they're settling in a shul, and in walks the doctor. Oh, this is great. How does he do it to me? In walks the doctor. One second, I gotta get somebody back online here. No, stop. My call failed, it says. Let me try it again. Yo, Shalom, stop. Messing up the whole story here. Okay, he's back. Back here. At the call. Anyway, come Shavuos morning, and in walks the doctor. Well, Rabbi Levitin was not one to question him. He was only too happy to see him there. Davini went through. The reading of the Ten Commandments is beautiful, of course. And then, there was a Kiddush. Oh, wow. He doesn't understand he's going to mess up all the rest of the people on here. Mm-hmm. By the Kiddush, everybody already knew the doctor wasn't planning on coming. So the question was, of course, asked, Makara, what happened? He all of a sudden showed up. He says, I'll tell you the truth. I was driving to shul. Excuse me, I was driving to work. I going to drive to the clinic. On the way to the clinic, I'm driving on the highway, and I see three boys, three bachrim, Chabad boys, walking on the side of the highway. And I quickly pull over. My curiosity got the better of me, shall we say, and I said, where are you guys going? And they said about two miles away from here, there's a prison. And um, they need to hear the Ten Commandments there. The Jewish prisoners need to hear... Excuse me. The Jewish prisoners need to hear the Ten Commandments. So we are walking over there to help them with the Ten Commandments. To help that they can make a minion and they can hear the Ten Commandments. Ah, Needless to say... I said to myself, said the doctor, prisoners, huh? Jewish prisoners, they're locked up, they have no choice, they can't go anywhere, they can't go to shul. So what are they doing? They're having Chabad join them and bring a minion and a Torah to hear the reading. And he thought to himself, he says, I'm a prisoner. I'm a prisoner of my clinic. My clinic is holding me hostage. I belong in shul to hear the Ten Commandments. How am I allowing the clinic to hold me prisoner? And I turned around the car, 
and I came to Shul. So now this is a very inspiring and wonderful story for all the people in the Shul. The Shluchim of Chabad have a network, a forum. Um, I forget what they call it. Shluchim Achdus, I believe. On Shluchim Achdus, they discuss. discuss many different topics and subjects. And of course, beautiful, wonderful, inspiring stories like this one. Give me an afternoon, please. So lo and behold, when Rabbi Levitin posted this story, um, oh, I forget the name who, who the other person that posted it, who is a shliach, an emissary, working for Aleph Institute, who deals with the prisons, and he immediately sent a message to Rabbi Levitin, let me tell you the other half of the story. I had to send boys to this prison. However, there are boys going for years to this prison. And there's a certain hotel in which they stay, which is only a short few miles from the prison. Unfortunately, the military base near the prison built a wall. The wall that they built, they can no longer use that route. They can no longer go through that area. So if they stay in that hotel, they'll have to walk six and a half miles to get to the prison. So this year, I found this out on Friday before Shavuos. I had to rapidly run and quickly adjust. And we found a different hotel, which would be a two and a half mile walk. And put them on the highway that walking towards the prison. And because they ended up walking on that highway, the doctor saw them which brought the doctor to Shul for Shavuos. So since we have a doctor that came to Shul for Shavuos, and since we know that, yeah, since we know that Shavuos, Matantela was a time when all people that were ill were healed, any ailments were healed, so too all those that needed a Shavuos and Yeshuas should immediately benefit from that same bracha of the month of Sivan. Today being Yud Gimel Sivan, it completes, it's the day after the completion of the 12 days, Yidbei Sivan, which is the 12 days of Hashlama. The days of Hashlama, which we make up for Shavuos, and Shavuos is only two days, or one day actually. There was not enough time to bring all the Karbanes. So in order to bring all the Karbanes, what they would do is, they would have until Yidbei Zachedish, until the 12th day of the month to make it up. And this is therefore one of the reasons we said before why we didn't say Tachin until Yud Beis. Now being Yud Gimel, we've now completed the 12 days and we jump into the 13th day which now starts what's known as a new Shlav, a new, a new segment.
As we spoke, we just came online. Should we put it on? Yud Gimel Sivan is the anniversary of the parents of the Rebbe. In Tafresh Samach, 113 years ago, Anid Gimel Sivan, Rabbi Yitzchak, and his wife, Rabbi Tzinchana, the parents of the Rebbe, were married. And approximately two years later, in Tafresh Samach Beis, our Rebbe was born. The Rebbe being the first, the Becher, the oldest, uh, the eldest of their family. When Rebbe Levi Yitzchak came to the age of Shaduchim, the Rebbe Rashab, the sixth, the fifth Lubavitch Rebbe, offered the Shidduch between Rebbe Levi Yitzchak and Rebbe Tzinchana, the daughter of the previous, uh, the daughter of Rebbe Shlema Yanovsky. Baruch Hashem, have uh, my son is married to a daughter of a fellow named Meyashlema, who was named the first one to be given the name Meyashlema, the Rebbe's grandfather, and the Rebbe said it to him mentioned to him directly how he was the first named after his grandfather. Rabbi Meir Shlema Yanovsky was the Rav of the city Nikolayev. Very good. The Chasana was, was set up to be the Sunday, after, the Friday, sorry, the Friday after Shavuos. As time came closer to the wedding, The Kala and her father wanted to push the wedding a little further. So they sent the Shliach to the Shatchan, to the Rebbe Rashab, to get his approval. Thank you. And the Rebbe was not, did not agree at all. He gave his blessing that everything should go correctly, properly. There's nothing to worry about, there's nothing to be cautious about. And the Chatzana took place in time, which was set upside, the 13th day of Sivan, Tafresh Samach. After the Chatzana, the Rebbe Rashab sent a special telegram, a bracha, to the Baruch Shneir, the father of the Chassan, in addition to the telegram that he sent to the Chassan Kala, to the wedding, he sent also a special telegram to Rebbe Baruch Shneir about the Amazel Tov. Mm-hmm. Rebbe Levik sat and learned Teda 
and therefore supported by the Meshlema of the Rav of the Kelayev, as we said, approximately ten years until the year of Tafresh Samachtes, he sat and learned day and night. In Tafresh Samachtes, he was brought to the be the Rav of the city called Yakatrinislav, which I believe today is the ne- no the Nepipetrovsk, correct? The Nepipetrovsk. A very big city in Russia, in Ukraine. Ukraine. In Russia, actually. No, Ukraine. south of Ukraine. Oh, it's Ukraine, correct. It's right off the Nepal. On the borderline. On the border, right off the other side from Kharkov. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For us, great geographical uh, geniuses here. <laughs> Who, we, we walked the road to Burma here. Okay. Yeah. I was, in, I was almost there. Because the people that are there. The Pasha begins When you will light the Meneda, and we know that Ashi immediately tackles the question What does the Meneda have to do with the continuity, continuation of the Teda of the Nesim bringing their sacrifices? And Rashi immediately answers Cholsha Aaron Aaron became very depressed and he said what will I do? What's become of us? All the other heads of the tribes managed to bring karbanis, and I was deprived. I didn't do anything for hours. Our tribe was not represented at all. To which the Almighty tells him, Godel Meshelcho, yours is greater than anyone else's. Chayecho, <laughs> says the God, I swear to you, Yours will be greater than in theirs. What? Sounds like more bomba- bombastic. Why? Like you wouldn't expect to hear it from Aaron again. Aaron coin. <coughs> he was, you know, something. Forget. Just the opposite. And well, he's. Uh, you know what? Give me to discuss something about the saying. You'll see why. Um. And therefore, Rashi says. That the schus that Aaron had was to, bring, to light the menorah daily, and thereby, of course, being greater than the other Nasim who just brought the carbon once. Hey, we're 40. Then we can get six more from there. I have Libra Shashok, maybe five. I text Joel. Text Joel. Text Moshe. Moshe. Love to. Text Mendy. Because it was too early to have married before. Anyway. The Bosak tells us, in front of the Meneda, you should light the seven candles. Mishle, Shleimah tells us, Neir Hashem, Neir Nishmas Odom. The candle of God is the Nishama of the person, the soul of the person. The Nishama, the soul of each and every Jew, lightens. The light of God. Unfortunately, unfortunately, at the moment, there are still some Jews that the light of the Neshama is not totally revealed to everybody. And it gets hidden behind a chicken wing or a macho or nacho or whatever it is. 
No, 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 no. It gets hidden in different things, in different forces. Not quite. This is therefore the Aveda, the service of Aaron Akoyen. Aaron Akoyen Godel. Lahalis, Vilagalis. To light, to bring up, and to reveal all the seven candles. Which these are the seven types of Neshama Sisrael. The Ner Avaya, the candle of God, which is the Neshama, until he had to hold the fire, the flame there, until the Shalhevas, until the flicker of the flame rose up on its own. And this is what we, our service, the service of Arnakayan is, to make sure that he enlightens the Neshamas of every Jew. So until the neshama itself is light. Now the fact of the matter is, if we know from the story of Hanukkah, it says it liku they lit the menorah bechatzrois kolchecha in your holy courtyard. Now, why in the courtyard? If we knew it had to be inside the kodesh. And also, who lit it? Now from here we learn that the lighting of the menado was allowed to be done even by a not-kohen. A person that was not a kohen was also allowed to light the menado. A zor. And it's Allah in Rambam. In Hilchus Bias Hamikdash. Perek Tes. Halacha Zayin. That Hadlokha Zukshela Bizar. So a person cannot say only an Aaron Akoyen was commanded Lahalis Nadis to see to it that he brings up, he elevates, and that he lights up the Nishamas of the Jews, but rather each and every Jew, even a stranger, is commanded to be a student of Aaron Akoyen, Ayev Shalim, Reidev Shalim. Hence, what do we learn from this? That it's an obligation on each and every one of us to bring closer and to lighten the neshama of the hidden sparks that are within each and every Jew. But not just to light it up and walk away, but to see to it until it rises, until it burns and and is inflamed by its own. Therefore, what was Aaron's concern? The other Jews. He was worried about the people of Shevet Levi. What are they going to say? We are not. We became insignificant, Chassidshol. So therefore, he turned and says, "Benishtan, we have to give something to Shevet Levi. They shouldn't feel so dejected or rejected." Many stories happen at the oil. Many stories are reflected from what the Rebbe takes care of us throughout the world. We also have, Baruch Hashem, 
due to modern technology. Live machine, did you? Yeah. You did? Of course. Well, stick around in case you need you for me. Yeah, I'm Modern technology contacts or connects throughout the world, except for sometimes on Skype, where bad connections keep going down. Um, otherwise, generally, modern technology is an amazing, amazing thing. I had, I was, I merited to be in Geneva a few weeks ago for the bris of my grandson. Okay. He spoke about it. It was a Shabbos bris. And there was no loss of contact to anyone overseas or anywhere else with the wonderful thing called WhatsApp on my phone. And WhatsApp, we can contact, you can, te- you can write back and forth text all day long. As long as you have unlimited data. Reb Nachum Erenshoi, who is also a shliach in Russia, had a... Hold on, I got a message here from somebody. Is this a message? No. Reb Nachum Erenshoi got a message from one of his friends that he was at the oil at the time. He was currently at the oil. Anybody that you want me to daven for? And Reb Nachum listened to him People of his mess, people of his shul or whatever, that needed the fuas and yeshuas. Then Abnachim texts him again and says to him, "You know what? Daven for me, my wife as well, that everything should be successful." In the meantime, Abnachim's son was learning, is learning in Moscow which is a flight from wherever he lives in Russia. And Abnachim had to run to the airport to take his son back. Son was home for Shavuos. They went to the airport. And it was at this point in time, in this juncture, that he texted his friend to say, and Daven for me and my wife as well. As he was driving back from the airport, the roads were very, very slippery. His car, which is not a small car, took a big skid, went off the highway and twisted, turned over three times. He came out, Baruch Hashem, unscratched, he and his wife, whoever else was in the car. And maybe it was just him. <coughs> they came out without a scratch. So picture. The police actually said that very rare that someone survives this. Usually when a car does something like that, it blows up. Especially in Russia. Did you text people for me? Yeah. So we see that Baruch Hashem, we are on an ongoing basis... with connection and with tefillahs that go to the ale. And we only hope and pray that all those that we took on Erev Rosh Sivan, that we will take on Erev Rosh Tammuz, or any other time in between, we daven for, 
that will also be zeichet to all the brachas that the Rebbe graces them with. No, you have to tell today's story. <laughs> when we come to a battle, in this week's Pasha, it tells us, <laughs> on the one that tortures you, <laughs> now the Jews were told in this week's Pasha, the use of Shafres and trumpets. The ram's horns and the trumpets. Which they used for travel and were also used for battle. What lesson do we learn in our service to Hashem of Kisaveyu Milchama? Going to war, Allah Tsar Hatzeder. Who is our Tsar Hatzeder? We learned that the Tsar Hatzeder, the Shavar Kodesh says, is our Yitzhahara. There is no Tsar Hatzeder worse than our Yitzhahara. And the battle against him happens mostly during davening. And this experiment we did only too often as children, as Bakrim, and it was a dastardly thing to do. Where we would tell somebody, right before Shemun Esrei, when you get to Vilamal Shinim Al-Tiyisikva, don't think about purple monkeys. Just try and see what happens. That's what we did. And lo and behold, a few guys didn't daven right away. And they waited to see this fellow daven. And all of a sudden you see in the middle of Shunesa the fellow burst out laughing. And after Shunesa he came over and he started screaming at them, you just ruined my whole davening. Because as soon as I came to Amalshinim Al-Tisikma, the first thing that came to my mind was purple monkeys. It's a psychological thing. You tell somebody, don't do it, don't think about it, and you'll see that they can't get it out of their head. And therefore, the Yetzirah comes, this is the time, when one is closest to God, this is when the Yetzirah dives in with his hands and feet, and every single nail in his fingers, and tries to disturb and disrupt the Kavana and the Tefillah. I thought it said that the Yitzhar doesn't bother you doing that. You should be surprised. Well, where did it say that? Oh. <laughs> the Eitzhar, the solution, well, here goes Scranton again, the solution to conquer this Yitzhar, Vara Eisem Bechatzeitzeis, Frighten them off with the trumpets. What is the trumpet? That is the feeling, the emotions, the self-nullification nullification of oneself before the Almighty God. 
that when I pray before the Almighty, I know I'm praying, but I'm only hoping that such a humble person like myself should be able to pray to God that God should listen to me. Then, and only then, as the Alter Rebbe brings down in Tanya, only then will merit to the Pasuk v'neskartem of ne'avaya lekechem v'neshatem me'evechem. Then you will be able to remember and to think and to properly, properly concentrate on all that you have to remember before God and be able to conquer your enemy. But the Pasuk warns us also in the days of your simcha and your holiday, you blow the shofar, you blow the trumpets, on every single karm, on every shlomim. Do not think, says the Tera. Period. Sometimes we say, do not think. Oh, we're getting there. Mandy coming too? Mandy coming? Keep harassing. Let's get this mini going. Do not think that only the Yitzhahara you conquer when you go out to fight with him. And only then do you need to Buckle yourself under. But even after winning and after conquering, a person cannot stop. A person cannot renege. A person cannot say to himself, Okay, Shalia Sisi, I did mine, and now I'm in control here. I can work with Simcha Betum Levov. But every single feeling and emotion a person has to feel the self nullification knowing that this is how he's going to become one with God. And therefore, after only this battle with the Yetzirah, when you already bring your Eilis and your Shlom and all your different types of sacrifices, the Karbin, the word Karbin, comes from the word Kirov, to become closer, even then a person has to still blow the chatzetzes. The chatzetzes are the form of bitl. What is bitl? And in this week's parsha it tells us about bitl. The man Moshe was very humble. There's a sefer called Neim Elimelech. Neim Elimelech was written by a disciple of the Mazitche Magid, Elimelech Elizhensk. At the time, Baruch Hashem, there were the antagonists, the Mesnagdim, 
One such misnagid wanted to make a statement to show how lowly the sect is and how he will not allow this around him. He took the holy sefer, the Naib al-Malach, and he would put it under his bench when he would sit and study. However, once the Al-Terebbe of Shnezaman al-Yadi came to visit this Misnagid. When he came to visit him, he asked his guest, tell me about Elimelech Elizhensk. And the Al-Terebbe said, Rabbi, I must tell you, If you took Elimelech Elizhensk and put him under your bench, he wouldn't say a word either. You're not insulting him, you're not hurting him, you can't hurt him. He doesn't feel that he deserves anything better. The Elimelech once said about himself, I am definitely going to have Ganeidin. Why will he definitely have Ganeidin? So when the time comes to go upstairs, they're going to ask me, did you study Torah to the best of your ability? And I'll say no. And they'll ask if I served God to the best of my ability? I'll say no. Did you do mitzvahs, the quota of mitzvahs and good deeds? And I'll say no. And they will turn to me and say, okay, go straight into Gan Eden. Because Gan Eden is called Elam HaMS. And this is what they want to hear, the truth. So he was saying about himself that no matter how great he was, no matter how much he did, he did not do the to his capacity. And he is willing to confess that when it comes to Bezdin Shamayla, because he'll confess it, therefore he has no problem going to Gan Eden. So he's guaranteed in the world to come. He would ask people. People came to him always for brachas, Rebbe, daven for me, for children, for panosa, for something. We need four more here, you know that. Yep. We're cutting time here. Huh? Who? Mandel? Where's Ezra? No, Morty? Okay. No, please stick around for my Huh? Please be here for my what am I doing here? We're seven. Shh. We get Moshe down the block. Huh? He says, you know why people come and ask me, Elimezach Lezhensk said, why they ask me for blessings? Why they ask me to daven for them? I'll tell you why, he says. Because it's my fault that they don't have it. The reason they don't have children... The reason they don't have Parnassa is my fault. It's because of my sins. And therefore they come to me and they say, Melech, give us children. It's your fault that we're lacking this. Make it up for us. you spoiling it for us. Fix it. And that's why they come to me, he says, for the brachas. Again, the self-nullification... There was a Rebbe, his name was Rebbe Nachim Mendel of Etebsk. 
he too studied under the Mezitsha Magid. However, Nachmedel Vitebsk was different than all the Talmidim. He was a little prodigy. At 10 years old, he was a Bucky. He was an expert. He knew Shas backwards. One Shabbos morning, the Mazichi Magid was standing. Mazichi Magid loved this boy. But he was standing and he saw the boy pacing back and forth. And his hat was tilted a little bit to the side. He was proud of himself. And the Magid said to him, Mendel, how many pages did you learn today? <laughs> he said, Six. Then the Magid spoke to himself, talking out loud, thinking out loud. He said, let me see. After six pages of Gemara, the person's hat tilts a little bit to the side. How many pages will it take for the hat to fall off the head? The Mendel, little Mendel, was totally blown out of the water from this. He realized what kind of gaiva he had. And he came running remorsefully to the Rebbe, and he knocked on the door and said, Rebbe, please tell me what to do. I see, I'm conceited. How do I get rid of it? And the Rebbe said, don't worry. Come, we're going to the Baal Tov. Ezra's not going to come? Why? Maggot told her, Mendel, come, we're going for a journey to the Baal Shem Tov. He'll teach us on the path we should walk. And that Tuesday they set out for Mezhubuz. They arrived on Friday in Mezhubuz. Plenty of time to Shabbos. The Mezit Shemagid went straight to the Baal Shem Tov to get his blessing. Mendel, the little Mendel, was a little pachech. And this little Pachech liked to look good. So he had to go clean up first before he came to Roshantiv. His Rebbe, the Magid, went straight and he had to clean up. He always stayed that way. He was always in Istanis all his life. The Roshantiv was always early for Shabbos. He was always ready very, very early. It was a few hours before sunset, and he was ready in shul. He waited two hours until this boy showed up. He didn't greet him. Which which rabbi you said was always ready for shabbos? Basham Hakadosh. Matzah Shabbos. They made Avdola. The whole Shabbos he ignored this child. And as much as Shabbos after Avdol, the Bashem took his pipe. Ah! After Shabbos. Before and after. He called young Mendel. He used to smoke the pipe before putting the Abish in and let him go after Shabbos. And said, I'll tell you a story. 
This wasn't just a regular story. Every episode in this story was the life of Mendel. He told Mendel's story from when he was born until he dies. But the boy himself was not the only one there. There were two other people, the Magid and Yaakov Yetzir of Polonia. One of them understood, he said later he understood the whole story and knew this is the story of Mendel's. The other one only understood half. The tradition among Eldok Siddim is divided which one of it depends who you followed after that of the Tamil Magid who was the one that understood the whole and who understood half. At any rate, the boy understood when he was asked, did he understand? He said, I understood from my birth until today. In other words, he understood that the Balshemta was telling him. He knew exactly how the story fit with everything that happened to him from when he was born until that day. Later, the Balshemta commented to the Magid, This boy is a shuffle bemis. He's totally, totally. Humbled. <coughs> when a man will reach adulthood, he said, Now I understand the whole story. There was one time when Mendel was in Vitebsk. He was the Rebbe, he was Mendel of Vitebsk. In Vitebsk, he felt very sick. He was very ill. And the Chassidim were getting hysterical because they thought that this is it. They're losing the Rebbe. They were crying and they were everything, and he said, Have no fear. The Balshemta's story finishes in Israel, in Israel. I can't die until I'm in Israel. And it, was hap- it happened just that. He was healed, totally recuperated, and he moved on. As he recovered, he decided he's going to now travel to the Holy Land. On the way, he traveled through the city of Polonia, where at this point now, Rabbi Yaakov Yosef was the Rebbe. And as he came to the town, he lit up a cigarette, he took off his gartel, nobody goes to a Rebbe without a gartel, he took off his gartel, and he went to Rabbi Yaakov Yosef of Polonia. When the Chassidim in Polonia saw him coming, the way he looked, he had very fancy shoelaces and no gartel, and they were shocked. And they said, no, 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 the Rebbe is going to throw you out. The Akhvesa was known to be very, very stringent about how a person presented himself. He said, we'll see, don't worry about it. He came inside, and the Akhvesa was very warm, he greeted him warmly. Hill him? No. Alright, Fighter, Yoel and Yifki are coming with me tomorrow. At Which 12 to tell him. I don't know who that's supposed to be for. Yeah. 
If Yaakov Yisuf asked Mendel, do you understand now the whole story that Hashem have told you? And he said yes. And then he asked him, which part of the story are you up to now? And Mendel said to him, I already used up more than half of the story. And he asked him, did you know in the story there's a hint that you're going to visit me? And he says, Aren't I here? Obviously, I knew that I had to visit you as I'm coming through Bologna. They spoke very, very openly, the two of them. But then afterwards, the Chassidim asked what was that? What kind of person came to visit you without a gartel, with a pipe in his mouth, silver threaded shoelaces in his shoes, Biakivesa said, Toshima, come here a mushal. Once upon a time there was a king who owned a priceless gem. Irreplaceable, you could not get this anywhere. He hid it in the toilet. Who's gonna go looking in the toilet for such a priceless gem? He knew nobody would ever expect to have it there. He has to have surgery, sorry. It's all... Happened so fast. fast. Let me call you soon. Ask him if she wants to go to I'll go with her tonight. She'll call me. Okay. He said the same thing as Mendel. In his own eyes, he considers himself very, very lowly. He gives his whole... Humility to show and to tell everybody that look, I look like such a special person, but he doesn't really mean this. And that's why he looks, he hides himself, he looks in this different type of garb that the average Chosa dresses so that everybody should think that he's indeed what he's saying he isn't. I'm going to give a shout out now, the shout out. Ask everybody to when you next feel us to daven for Yechiel ben Miriam. He's a major Rafua Yeshua. A, a few miracles too. Zacharna Sadoga Shenechem Mitzayim Chinam Esakshayim. Remember the fish that we ate in Mitzayim. They're eating now the mon, mind you, the mon that tasted like anything you wanted in the desert. And the Pasik tells us that we remember the fish and the cucumbers. Cucumbers. Yeah. They had sushi. They had sushi probably, yeah. Omar Rabbi Shimon Rabbi Shimon says, Mipnei Mahamon Mishtane Mikoldovar Chutz Meilu Neshehin Koshin Lemenikis. Menikis. Why? Was everything else the mon able to taste like except for these two things? Because they were hard on the nursing mothers. Did you ask Moshe to come? What did he say? Yells in the city. 
Well, it's going to get. We have four, three minutes. So let's see if we can find three people outside. Cheder makes no sense. How many nursing mothers were there in Klal Yisrael? The percentage of nursing mothers was a minority of a minority. Why therefore would the Almighty hold back from the Jews, the entire Jewish nation, because of the minority of the minority? Rabbi Shimon, we're talking about here is the holy Tana, Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai. And he holds, according to his opinion in life, that it's possible that the minority overcomes the majority. Even those who think sometimes that in a best and two against one makes more sense. <laughs> And therefore we find that Shimon says, I could be, I'm capable of making the entire world exonerated from din. From the day I was created till today. If my Allah, my son, was with me, I could do it from when the world was created till now. And if Yesen ben Zayu was with us, from the day the world was created until the end of creation, there would be everybody would be exonerated from din. For even though the Rabbi Shimon Bayechai, Eloza his son, and Yesen ben Zayu were single people, they were Yechidim, they were not the Rabbim here. They were not the majority in the Sanhedrin or the Bezdin. But because the Rashbi said Raya as Kol Yisrael. The Rashbi was a pastach, he was a shepherd and he saw the entire Jewish nation. And all the generations to come. And he saw that each one is in one Metzias, it's one entity. Therefore, the work, the deed of every single Jew affects entirely to everyone. And the same way also we hold, the Shimon holds just the opposite. When there's a thing, when there's something that can hurt even the minority, even the one or two people of the Jewish nation, in order to refrain from that happening, we will hold it back even from the majority of the people. So there should not be any suspicion, or a suspicion of a suspicion, that it might hurt a Jew. Whether it, and therefore it comes to also boils down to the word of Lashon Hara. How severe is Lashon Hara? When we talk about something someone did 10, 15, 20, 30 years ago. How severe is that? when it affects that person and hurts that person so severely, that one minor, minor part of Kal Yisrael who belongs to the whole general picture. 
And that's why we find that this one answer, the Gemara Yevamis, that he holds according to the Shimon, who always is concerned with the minority. He was a minority leader. We find three people. Huh? We're working on it. One more point, which we're going over time already, I believe. Mm-hmm. Not according to Skype. We have um, only 56 minutes. We learned in this week's Pasha, the Mitzvah of Pesach Sheni. The Yidin that came forth and cried, Lamani Gora. Why are we worse than anyone else? They oh, you can be much Right? Good man. The question becomes, and this question has been asked. It says here in the passage that when we talk about this story, Rashi tells us, "Why do we not start with this story of Pesach Sheni in the beginning of the Chumash?" They should insults, embarrassment to the Jews. That the whole forty years they only had one carbon Pesach. Why did they only have one carbon Pesach? Because they were only obligated to one. This mitzvah was an obligation when you come into the Holy Land of Israel. They weren't commanded to do this in the desert. But this one that was done in the second year. The Almighty commanded them to do it. So what's wrong? They didn't do it the whole time. The rest of the time, they didn't. God didn't tell them to do it anymore. They did it the one time. A new way of translating this. This parish is talking about the people who were them. They were impure, and therefore they came and they said, "Lama Hashem." Why are we worse? And why can we not do this? Why can we not bring this? And the Almighty assented that they should bring it. So much more so, a Kalvachema. If a minority of the Jews could not bring it, and the Almighty made them a mitzvah, gave them the opportunity for Pesach Sheni, then if the entire nation would have said, Why are we not bringing the Karim Pesach on the third year? Hashem would have said, Okay, bring it. This is what was wrong with Kal Yisrael. They didn't cry out and say, we want to bring a Karim Pesach. We brought it last year, we brought it the year before, why are we not bringing it this year? Why did they wait that the Almighty commanded them, why did they not say it? And this is our problem in today's generation as well, that we sit back on our laurels, and we don't cry out and say, enough, send Mashiach. Ad Mosai, how much longer can we hold out? How much longer can we tolerate from this? And therefore, we will cry out tonight when we say Krishna Shalamita, and we will say Ad Mosai, and we will ask Ribbanishalam, show us your mercy, show us how in that time when these people were remorseful they could not do a mitzvah, you came through for them in the twelfth hour, come through for us as well. And we should be zeicha to bring the carbon pesach and to bring all the other carbonos in Yerushalayim Irakedish, starting on this Shabbos Shabbat Shalom to all.